So your man was the seventh pick in the NBA draft. So they clearly believe in him. And with Jordan leaving the kids at the pool this season, it's only a matter of time before Bilal Koulibaly gets the keys to the car. Welcome to the Believe in Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The weekly show dedicated to helping fantasy managers like you crush your league and bring home multiple championships. Now, your host, Robin Marks. We believe every NBA fan that plays fantasy football should also play fantasy basketball. This episode is presented to you by Bet Online. The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contest. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to BetOnline today. And remember, use our promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Here are the top five waiver wire targets you need to focus on for week five of the NBA season. Bilal Koulibaly. Bilal Koulibaly is just rostered in 6.9% of ESPN leagues, 26% of Yahoo leagues, and he is averaging over the last seven days 31.5 minutes per game. 11.5 points, 6.3 rebounds, 3 assists, and check this out, 1.8 steals per game. He's also chipping in about 0.8 blocks per game so listen Washington is a hot mess like dumpster juice it is a bad look for everybody looks like they are taking shots of hot dog water it is no good right but the highlight in all of that but despite Jordan Poole stinking up the joint worried about Instagram models right we got this young man Bilal Koulibaly so if He's on your waiver wire. Go out there and grab him now and just ride it out for a couple of weeks. If you are in a dynasty league, you need to prioritize picking up this young man if he's still available on your waivers. Like leaving him over there to let somebody else grab him, like you're literally neglecting your fantasy team's future and where they do that at. We don't do that here. If you're watching this video, listening to the sound of my voice on a podcast, you know that we're about getting championships. So if you want a player on your team that could potentially lead to that championship, grab yourself some Bilal Koulibaly. Next up, we got my man Keontae George. Keontae George is on fire, y'all. I had the first time to really watch a full game, and he's available in so many leagues. On ESPN, he's only rostered in 6.8% of their leagues. On On Yahoo, he's um, rostered in only 37% of their leagues. Over the last seven days, he's averaged 27.5 minutes per game, 15 points per game, 3.5 rebounds, and 6.5 assists. He's also pitched in one 
steal per game. So I saw his stats. I read about him. I maybe saw some of his highlights, but I watched a full game for the first time last week, y'all. Listen, the young man plays with determination. He plays with grit. I mean, he was super aggressive. And with a rookie guard, you have to expect that you're going to have some issues with turnovers, maybe even with the field goal percentage, right? So it's something that you have to take in, take, take into consideration if you have him on your roster. And I would say, just like with Bilal Koulibaly, if you have the, the opportunity to roster this young man in Dynasty, you got to leap at the opportunity because his value is only going to rise. So get in on it while it's affordable, because if you wait too long, you won't have access to what could be a league-winning type player. From the Golden State Warriors, my man, Dario Saric. He's only rostered in 8.1% of ESPN leagues, 26% of Yahoo leagues over the last seven days. He's averaged 25.3 minutes per game, 12.5 points per game. 6.3 rebounds, and 2.5 assists. He's also added one steal per game. So Super Dario is not my favorite waiver wire guy, right? He's the type of guy who's taking advantage of Draymond Green pretending to be Macho Man Savage, pretending to be Ted DiBiase putting Rudy Gobert in the Million Dollar Dream. It's wild, y'all. Like, Draymond Green, and I'm going to go on a quick Draymond Green rant, right, in this Dario Saric little, you know, pitch. So I like Draymond Green. I'll, I'll start by saying that. I think that he is one of the pioneers for NBA players who are moving into media, creating the new media, but also active players who are, like, creating platforms for themselves. I think it's huge, right? And I, and I love that he's doing that to make sure that, NBA players, after they finish their playing days, they have another career that's already built up for them or a brand that they've already built. I think that's great. When it comes to the antics, like you can be an enforcer, right? Dennis Rodman was an enforcer. I get it. But like, yo, man, it's like every other year he's doing something wild. Like first he's like punching LeBron in the nards. Come on, man. Where they do that at? Then next thing you know, he's stomping on Sabonis balls. Come on, man. Like, he's stomping. Like, what, what are we doing? Like, is this a, a Kirk Franklin song? Like, what are you doing? Why are you stomping on this man's testicles? Like, it's not okay. You know what I'm saying? And then we got Jordan Poole getting snuffed. Like, he's punching his teammates. And now this. Now we're doing full on WWE. We putting people in a full Nelson, lifting them up. Your man Rudy Gobert had his arms up like this. Like, chill, Draymond. You got it, bro. You got it, bro. He's like, nah, man. I've been waiting for this. Like, I've been waiting for this. Like, come on, man. We got to do better. As a people, we got to do better. But let me bring it back to Dario. With Draymond out, there's going to be some opportunity for Dario. But this is what I want to say. If he has a couple of duds in a row, or even a dud, I think la his last game he didn't play too well, it's okay to drop him. Like, he is not like the other guys that I'm talking about. These young guys, I think they might have some, some lasting value and might be long-term holes. But for Dario, like, if he has a slow night, you can drop him easy. So 
pay attention to his production so that way you're not wasting a spot thinking he's going to be some long-term hold while Draymond is out. Next up, we got my main man, Skylar Mays. Skylar Mays is just rostered in 12.2% of ESPN leagues. 30.3 minutes per game over the last seven days, 12.3 points, 3.8 rebounds, 8.5 assists. Yes, I, I, 8.5 assists over the last seven days, 0.8 steals, and a half a block. So for Skylar Mays, he plays in a system uh, in Portland where they have young players. They're just trying to see what they have. So they're not playing for the playoffs, right? They're just trying to give their young players some run to see what they have. Everyone was hyped up about Scoot Henderson, y'all. And many people, before he went down, were disappointed. He might be coming back soon. So Skylar Mays, although he's averaging 30.3 minutes per game in the last seven days, that could change depending on when Scoot Henderson is coming back. So that's something you want to pay attention to. But in the short term, your man is for real, for real. Like, I've seen what he can do. I had a chance. I just got the league pass recently. Whoop, whoop. So really getting the opportunity to work with NBC Sports has given me the opportunity to really dig in on some of the games. And I've watched games before, but I wasn't really like having the four screens up. Like I got kids, whatever. Now, like I got a job doing it. I got to like, hey, baby, I got to watch these four games tonight. And I make my moves like that. So I had a chance to see a Portland game the other day. And your man could really, really ball. He's He has pretty... Good uh, basketball IQ. He's making really good decisions. He's patient. It's just like the kind of uh, guard that I like to see. So if he's available, I prioritize uh, Bilal Koulibaly and Keontae George over him. But he's kind of in that same category. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody that you want to maybe hold on to for a couple of uh, weeks if you can to see what happens. Especially if he comes back and they try to let Scoot Henderson coexist with him. And also when Anthony Simons comes back, if he can still carve out 25 minutes, he, he might be worth holding on to. So I would grab him now and see what happens. Next up, we got Brandon Pojemski, only rostered in 3.1% of ESPN leagues and 13.5% of Yahoo leagues. So Brandon Brandon Pojemski is somebody that I was really hyped about when Steph Curry was out. Steph Curry came back, but Steve Kerr is on the record saying that he would get, Brandon would still get run like 20 something minutes a game. So he played about 20, I think 23 or 24 minutes per game with Curry when he returned. So there's a chance he might be able to carve out his own role despite Curry being back. So he's somebody I still want to pay attention to. I didn't have him. I had him a little um, higher before Curry came back, but I would test it out. If he's available and you already missed out on Bilal, you missed out on Keontae, you missed out on Skylar Mays, he's somebody that uh, you want to pick up. Some other analysts are prioritizing him a little higher. Um, I don't believe he'll have the same kind of value that he had before Curry returned. However, I do believe he'll have some value. So let's see what it looks like. Pay attention to it. Again, very similar to Sharich. If he does not produce a couple games in a row, don't feel bad about dropping him. But for players like Bilal and Keontae, you want to be a little more patient. And as always, I got a couple of bonus waiver wire guys for you. We got Bogdan Bogdanovich, maybe. 
Sam Hauser, maybe. Duncan Robinson, yes. And Jacob Gilliard, yes. Here are the top five buy lows you need to pay attention to for week five of the NBA season. Jaron Jackson Jr. Jaron Jackson Jr. is not doing what people expected of him. His blocks are down, even though John Moran is out. This one's out. That one's Brandon Clark. Everybody injured. But Jaron Jackson is just not doing it. But there is hope. But there is a silver lining in that dark cloud. He has proven to be an elite defensive player. The blocks will come back up, people. You just have to trust in it. There's a manager in your league that is sleeping, like sleeping on a blow-up mattress, thinking that Jaron Jackson Jr. will never return to his elite form. I'm here to tell you that they are sadly mistaken. He might not be like some people were drafting him with this in the second round, like cr crazy stuff like that for his production right now. But it wasn't crazy then. So why do you sleep now? So what I'm going to tell you to do is get a sharp object, poke a hole in that blow-up mattress, and send an offer to buy low on Jaron Jackson Jr. James Harden, a.k.a. The Problem. <laughs> Oh, my God. Did you guys see that rant that that announcer had about James Harden? Oh, my gosh. Yo, he threw him all the way under the bus. Front of the bus while it was rolling with the big wheels on it. Like, it was crazy. He he says something like, he's like, you're not, he said, you're not the beard. You're not, you're not the system. You're not, you're not the solution. You're the problem. Oh, my God. So that's what we're going to call James Harden until he can really turn it around. James Harden, a.k.a. the problem. So he's a buy low. James Harden is the buy low of buy lows, right? P the public perception of James Harden is that he is a dud. Dud factory, right? Like straight up fart wind. Like nobody's really banging with him. And recently, I believe... The Clippers got their first win with him on the team. After going, I think they were like 0-5 with him, and then they finally got a win. He hit some key shots. The buy-low window on James Harden is going to close. James Harden's game at this age, at this stage of his life, of his career, is not what we were getting in Houston, but it's still a fantasy-friendly game. He led the freaking league in assists last year. Like, what are we doing? Like, it's the assist for me. Like, he, even if he don't put up 30 points, which he's not, if he averages 19, 20 points a game but could get you nine or ten dimes, maybe a steal or two, come on, man. Like, let's not let recency bias dictate the decisions that we make for our fantasy basketball teams. So if you have a league manager who's out there like, man, James Harden is garbage, man. Yo, I'm sick of that dude, man. Like, I want, I want to, like, I want to go to LA and just shave his beard off, man. Like, if you got a guy in your league like that, that's like, oh, oh, like, where, where did you draft him? Like, what, what can I get for him? Send an offer. See if you could bring James Harden back to your team because I promise you that buy low window is closing fast. Next up, y'all not gonna like this one. And honestly, I throw up in my mouth. Ooh, excuse me. Ooh, ooh. 
Yeah, I throw up in my mouth a little bit every time I say this dude's name. This season. I've never had an issue with him before, but this season... This season has been rough, and I drafted him in a few places. My next buy low, Tyus Jones. Yes, I said Tyus Jones. And Tyus Jones might very well be on your waiver wire. If he's on your waiver wire, pick him up and see what happens. So listen, Tyus Jones, when he played for Minnesota, when he got the start, he put up numbers. When he when the when the, the starter went down and he was thrusted from his Bench position into a starting position, he put up numbers. Went to Memphis. John Morant, always out, doing something stupid, right? Lord, forgive me. Like, let me be nice, be nice, be nice. Okay. I want John Morant to do good. I want him to do right. I want the brother to make sound decisions. But he not. He's not, and he has not. He's he's done some really bonehead things but despite the bonehead decisions and the suspensions and 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 the weapons in the strip club or the weapons on on facebook live or whatever right tyus jones when um your man john morant was out put up numbers right like like no joke consistent numbers when john morant would get injured people would scurry to the waiver wire in the wee hours of the night put up Tremendous amounts of fab cash to bring him back to their squad. One could argue that those days will be over forever because now he's a starter. And in his starting position in Washington, I think more than it being him is just the organization and the team right now. But he's better than this, y'all. So I'm not saying to throw the bank to bring him back to your team. What I'm saying is if you got if you got three streaming spots, throw one of your streamers, your bottom three players, throw one of those guys over to him and be a little patient because you can always worst case scenario, you drop him, you pick him, pick up somebody else. But if he can ever get back just to the level that he was when he was a replacement for starters, like it's going to be worth it. So like that's all I'm saying. I'm not running crazy excited i picked him up in a few places because people dropped him i drafted him in some spots i haven't had an emotional drop yet i was coming close to it but i'm gonna be patient but this is a super duper buy low on tyish jones next up one of my favorite players that i never get to see play because he's always sitting out zion williamson so zion williamson had a couple of good games but like recently had some interviews where he wasn't sure if he was buying in. And that's the thing about fantasy that I tell people all the time. Analytics are important. Statistics, important. Numbers, important. Trends, super important. But something that is neglected far too often is the human social aspect of what's happening with basketball. Last year, for example, um, Andrew Wiggins being away from the team. Has something happening with his family? Like some people was talking about him on the internet. That's something you got to pay attention to. Draymond Green choking up Rudy Gobert. How does Rudy, Rudy Gobert feel? Like he got sunned by Draymond Green. That's something to pay attention to. And even this situation with Zion Williamson. Really the first time he's been healthy in a while and he's been active. But having a press conference where he was saying, man, I'm just, I'm trying to buy in right now. You trying to buy it? Whoa, whoa, whoa. You trying to buy into what? How much do they pay you, brother? How you trying to buy it? You already bought in when they paid you. They bought in. So those kind of 
details you got to pay attention to because your league mates are paying attention to it too. So he had a good game. If Zion appears to be an emotional creature, right? He's he's wilding in the club with the Instagram models. He already got some baby mama drama popping off, whatever it is, right? Personal stuff aside, I would say this about Zion Williamson. When he's active, he's he's dominating. Like he could average 25 and 10 easy. But he has to be in the right, you know, state of mind. And with that said, he's now coming out of a bit of a dip or where his production wasn't all of that compared for his standards. And he had a couple good games. So that buy low window is closing fast for Zion. I would send out some offers and try to bring him back to your squad. Next up, Mikhail Bridges. Mikhail Bridges was going super high in drafts. People was like, nah. Mikael Bridges, that's it. You know what I'm saying? We going to get him. We going to grab him. Let's do it. And it turned out to be Cam Thomas who was that guy. Right? Putting up they let Jacques Vaughn out here letting that young man shoot 30 shots a game. If I shot 30 shots a game, I could probably average like probably 2 points a game because I'd probably miss a lot if I was playing against NBA players. But Needless to say, an NBA player who gets 30 shots, like Jeremy Grant would be dropping 25 a game. You know what I'm saying? So Mikael Bridges now, with Cam Thomas injured, he's gonna get up, he's gonna get better. But people don't um did not invest in Mikael Bridges because of his scoring potential. They invested in him because he is literally the Swiss Army knife. He will stat, he will stuff every stat box that you have hey yo but the fact of the matter is that if you drafted him you have concerns if you didn't draft him someone in your league has concerns so i'm talking to the people who are outside of the bubble when it comes to mikhail bridges he will do better than this he will be better than this and although I'm not on that, like, yo, he's a second-round guy wave. I'm not there with Mikael Bridges. Like, you know, I know he was going in different spots, you know what I'm saying, depending on what league type you're in, et cetera, et cetera. But for me, I do believe he'll be better than what he is right now and could be a great buy-low opportunity for you. Next up, here are the top five. Sell highs you need to focus on for week five of the NBA season. First up, my man, Maxi, Tyrese Maxi. Oh, baby. Now, here's the thing about Maxi you got two choices with Maxi hold him and ride this wave of greatness. Your man did a 50 piece the other day, right? I'm not out here like, yo. Go trade Maxi for Sabonis. <laughs> I'm not saying that. Which earlier in the season, you would have probably took the Sabonis side of that trade, right? Excuse me. But where we are now, in in the legendary, infamous words of my main man, Fat Joe, yesterday's price is not today's price. In the infamous words of my man, Fat Joe, yesterday's price is not today's price. 
when it comes to Tyrese Maxey, no, 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 no. You can't, you can't trade Tyrese Maxey unless you get in a first rounder. And I'll pay a little extra for the right player. But you, if there is not a first-round player involved in a deal, do not trade Tyrese Maxey. Do not sell high. If you traded him for anything less than a first-rounder, not only did you sell high, but you high. I'm just saying. So, players I would look to get. I would take Maxey and another piece. Give me SGA. I would take Maxi and another play, a piece. Give me Tyrese Halliburton. I would take Maxi and another piece. Give me Luca. You might even call argue. Hey, I'll give you, give I'll give you Maxi for Luca. They they probably say no just off name value, but on Basketball Monster, he's higher than Luca right now for category leagues. I'm just saying. Will he end the season like that? I don't know. I, honestly, I don't. I don't think so. I don't know if he'll end the season in the top 10. He might finish top 15, maybe top 20, but I'm not that ambitious to think that your man Tyrese Maxey is going to be top 10. He could be, though. I just, I just, I'm not sure yet. I got to see a little bit more. James Harden's only been gone for a couple of weeks, a week or two, right? He is this season's SGA so far. We talked about it. Um, I did a uh, roundtable, fantasy roundtable, with Adam King from Fantasy Basketball International and a few other fantasy sports writers, and people picked who they thought their guy was going to be that takes the leap from uh, wherever they are, third round, fourth round, into the first round. And so far, it's Tyrese Maxey. My pick at the time, I believe, was Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards was my pick. Anthony Edwards is not doing what Maxie's doing right now. So if you want to take a chance and sell high on him, do not sell high unless you get a first-round player in return. Our next sell-high candidate is my man, Bam Adebayo. Bam, bam, bam. So Bam is doing his thing right now. I don't know how sustainable it is, but I do know that you can probably get somebody to bite off the name value and maybe try to see if you could finagle a deal that would benefit you long-term. Next up, my man Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain is a sell-high if i ever seen a sell-high. Your man is going off, like cooking. And I think the, the absence of John Morant obviously has some impact on that, but Desmond Bain is really good. I just don't think he's that good once John Morant gets back. So will he have value? Absolutely. And did you ride a really good wave while Ja was out? Very, very, very likely. But, man, when Ja comes back, he's going to take a slight hit. I don't know if it's going to be a significant hit, but he's definitely going to take a hit. So if I could get a return on my investment, this is the time to sell high on Desmond Bain. Next up from the Cleveland Cavaliers, my man, Spider. Donovan Mitchell, a.k.a. Spider. So the Don is going off. like, And, you know, Donovan Mitchell is good, man. He's, he's the kind of player that I really love to watch. Like he plays with, you know, he, he plays with like that mama mentality. You can see it in his eyes. Your man just be like, 
Like, he's not all happy and jolly. He's not doing the Luca smiling, coming down thing. Your man is mad serious, right? For Donovan Mitchell, I think, you know, he he went in some, in some leagues, like second, third round. You know what I'm saying? So he's another player that I would be trying to get a first round guy. Uh, on um, Basketball Monster, the last time I checked, I think he was in like that top 15 area for category leagues. Um, not too far off for points leagues on hashtag basketball. So he's another player that I would do that same strategy that I did with Maxi. Like, yo, I give you Donovan Mitchell and another piece. Boom. Give me Luca. I give you Donovan Mitchell and another piece and another piece. Boom. I give you, give me Jokic. I wouldn't trade Donovan Mitchell for like a second, third round guy. I would try to package a couple guys, a, another person with him, and send them over for your man um, to get a first rounder like Jokic or SGA, something like that. And the next one, we about to take the top off. Boobies is out, hair blowing in the wind. My man. PG-13, a.k.a. sell high if you're healthy. If your man is healthy, sell high. Because history has proven that the Clippers get banged up. The Clippers get injured. So if he goes off, and he is cooking right now, y'all. Like, don't get it twisted. Your man is cooking with hot grease. Like, he is frying chicken. He's frying, like, you know, daggone zucchini fries. Like your man is cooking with grade A peanut oil right now. So what I'm saying is, if you got him on your team, you got to think to yourself. And and I and knock on wood, I hope he doesn't get injured, y'all. Just don't get it twisted. I see some analysts, especially in fantasy football, who clown players for getting injured. Call call players out like saying that they whack or they suck because. They get injured. I'm not on that wave at all. But what I would say is just thinking about my team, right? If the man is historically injured, you know, habitually down, chronically, you know, in pain, then I'm going to try to move him if he's hot. And PG-13 is hot right now. So if you want to take advantage of this, move him now before, God forbid, he goes down with an injury. Now let's open up the Believe in Fantasy Basketball mailbag. The cool thing about this is that people in the Discord community will ask some questions, and you probably have the same questions. The first one is from Agam. He says, do I trade Chet now because his value, or do I let him ride? I talked about Chet last week. I'm I'm on the record saying I will not trade Chet Holmgren. I'm not. I'm, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to wait. I'm going to enjoy this until the end of the season, especially in Dynasty. Like he's, I, got, I stashed him in every single Dynasty league I'm in with the exception of one, I think. And I think I'm in three leagues now, three Dynasty leagues. So I'm holding Chet. But in a redraft league, for the right price, I would move him. But I would not be selling off Chet Holmgren for the cheap. You got to see if you can, you know, flip that to get some really, uh, a really good return on your investment. So I would consider uh, trading him, but I wouldn't be actively pursuing a trade on Chet. I do think he, he, he does have a bit of a sell high window though. Excuse me. Next up is from my man Breezy. Breezy says, 
With Miles Bridges' return, how do you think he will do? With the two games he's played, he's shown a bunch of promise. But is he going to be able to keep it up? And how much do you think his teammates are effective in terms of the usage going uh, in, in terms of their uses usage changing? This is a good one, Breezy. And honestly, I did a TikTok post about this today where <laughs> I think I was uh I think it was Ric Flair. And it, Ric Flair was like, woo, like, I'm pretty, I'm bad. Like, you know, doing like this. And my caption was like, you know, POV, when you stashed Miles Bridges for four weeks and he comes back healthy. Moral compass aside, right? So people, there's a whole conversation if you should have him on your roster. Sh- should you do it because of the charges that he has against him? There's like a whole moral dilemma associated with Miles Bridges. And I'm aware of that. I'm sensitive to that. And I don't make any joke about that. That's a real thing. And for me, just know this channel, me as a person, a human, a man, like we do not tolerate like any kind of violence, especially domestic violence or violence against women. Like we condemn that behavior. We condemn that behavior on this channel. Now, with that said, for fantasy basketball, these are numbers from a player going into an imaginary team. So if you drafted him and you held, you're in a good spot right now. If you grabbed him off of waivers, which I did in a couple spots, you're okay right now. That doesn't mean that... We're out here like wearing a Miles Bridges jersey, wearing a Miles Bridges hat with a Miles Bridges tattoo. I'll let the core system work that out. In terms of his fantasy production, I believe he's going to be what he is. And last time he played basketball, Breezy, he was like a 19 and 10 type player. 20 and 10 type guy. And he got a chip on his shoulder he going to be playing with a grudge. I watched that first game. Like, I was covering that first game for Roto World, y'all. I watched it in detail and wrote about it. And I could see the way he was moving. He looked like a pit bull that has been caged up for weeks with no food. He looked hungry. He looked angry. And he looks ready. So I think that he's going to do well. I do think, uh, to answer the second part of your question, how will his teammates be affected? I think P.J. Washington and Gordon Hayward are going to take a hit and maybe a little bit for Brandon Miller as well. But that's my take on Miles Bridges. Next up, this is from On Top. He says, would trading Cat for Rudy Gobert and Ben Simmons be a good trade? Mm, Maybe. And here's why. So for me, I think if Ben Simmons plays and Rudy Gobert is healthy, that's a that's a pretty good trade for you, right? For me, I think Cat, I think Carl Anthony Towns is ascending right now. I think people were so down on him, like right? he was going in the fourth round in some places, right? People were not feeling Cat in draft season. Then the season started and he was kind of. Looking and smelling like poop juice on a court, right? In the, on the court, cat. No beef, no beef, no beef. So this is what I would say. He's ascending right now. So with that, 
if you drafted him, if you have him on your team uh, on top, that's his name on top. The guy who asked the question. If he's on your team, fam, you didn't invest a lot to draft him. You probably got him in the third round, right? Maybe back into the second. And if he produces the way he's producing and that continues, I would rather hold him. So honestly, Simmons being out, and, and it might be a serious injury. We don't know yet. And with Ben Simmons, like it starts off like, oh, Ben Simmons is going to be out for a week with, an he- with a hangnail, which appear to uh, get infected. So yeah. Oh, two weeks later. Oh, hip injury. He'll be out for six months. You don't want to play that game. That's not, that's not the invite that I want for a party is Ben Simmons. So I would say no on the trade. But if he was healthy, maybe I consider it. But right now he's not. So stay away. But now that you're prepared to dominate week five, make sure you check out our next episode about how to play Dynasty Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Believe in Fantasy Basketball podcast with Robin Marks. Join our free Discord community at BelieveInFantasy.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at BelieveInFantasy. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts.